Throughout my life, I've always been a talker, and I've been known for sharing stories. Where I came from, what I've been through, how I became the individual I am. Friends and strangers alike have continuously encouraged me to write my stories down. However, residing in San Francisco, I remained focused on paying the rent. Yet in December 2021, my focus changed. I decided to record my true life experiences via an audio podcast. Yet, like many people, I had no idea how to start a podcast. So, I researched how to start a podcast channel. Step number one, develop a podcast concept. Define your goal. Before you can start recording your podcast, it's important to develop a solid concept. One should consider, why do you want to start a podcast? Some good reasons for starting a podcast are to generate leads for a business, to to be recognized as an industry leader, or to share an important message. Well, after weeks of contemplation, I determined the purpose of my podcast. The purpose? To share my authentic life experiences. The good, the bad, the ugly. In the hopes that others would learn from my experiences in the hopes that others may avoid the unhealthy paths I traveled, in the hopes that by hearing my stories, others may improve the quality of their life. After determining the purpose of one's podcast, one must determine the podcast name. Do your research and decide on a name that's easy for listeners to find. A podcast name which includes some important topic keywords and reflects your personality or the voice of your company. Also, verify that the domain address is still available. Step number two. Choose your podcast format. When it comes to podcast formats, there are as many ways to go about it as there are stars in the sky. So really, there is no single best podcast format. But podcasts do tend to boil down to one of six podcast formats. Solo, co-hosting, interview podcast, roundtable, documentary, or fiction. After choosing one's podcast format, determine the ideal podcast length. 
While you might be wondering what's the best linked for a podcast, there are actually no ideal podcast links. Depending on the type of show you're producing, the time will vary. Some podcasters have said because the average commute is 25.4 minutes, your podcast episode should be that long too. While some podcasters believe in the following podcast format, nine minutes per podcast speaker. Therefore, if two people are on the podcast, podcast length is 18 minutes. If three people, podcast length is 27 minutes. Bottom line, the only thing that can dictate the correct length of your podcast episodes is your content. Next, step number three. Choose podcast recording equipment. So let's start with purchasing a quality camera. After researching and watching 25-ish video tutorials, I concluded a podcast camera should possess the following functions. Bluetooth and Wi-Fi capabilities, 4K video options, external mic plug, interchangeable lenses, image stabilization, and unlimited recording time. Other things to consider before purchasing your camera is sensor size, full or crop sensor. A full-frame 35-millimeter camera records an image that is approximately 36 millimeters by 24 millimeters in size. If you take the full frame image and crop the center out of it, you get an image the size of crop sensor cameras. Full frame would be ideal for cinematography, yet crop sensor cameras are suitable for video podcasting. If two camera shooting, remember one full frame camera costs the price of two crop sensor cameras. Camera lenses. Mostly you will spend more on the camera lenses than you spent for your camera body. Choosing a microphone. Basically, there are two styles of microphones, dynamic and condenser. Dynamic mics. In general, you could say that dynamic mics have a broad frequency range and are robust microphones. They don't require a separate power supply. They are pretty flexible in their usage and are fairly inexpensive. Dynamic mics make ideal choices to record at home. A condenser microphone is more delicate and sensitive to variations in sound level and frequency. Condenser microphones require a separate power supply and tend to be used for recording music 
and other complex sound mixes. These microphones provide a higher output level. It is the best option when you would like to record your vocals in a recording studio. Things to consider when purchasing a microphone? Does one buy a USB or XLR microphone? USB mics are an all-in-one plug-and-play solution. On connecting the USB cable, your computer will recognize the USB mic as being a microphone. Some USB mics come with their own software that give you access to firmware updates and additional tools to shape the sound of your microphone audio. When you factor in the cost of everything one needs to make an XLR microphone work, USB mics will be less expensive. XL our mics need phantom power from a mixer or recorder to operate. XLR microphones allow you to connect many microphones to an audio interface or mixer. This is much harder to do with USB mics. XLR microphones possess better analog to digital conversion resulting in a higher quality recording. I listened to audio test comparisons and read multiple reviews of three mics, the Shure MV7, the Blue Yeti USB mic, and the Fifen K669 USB microphone. The Fifen microphone for $35 has acceptable sound, no headphone jack, and no bells and whistle. The Blue Jetty is a popular choice with podcasters. Reasonably priced at $165, has bells and whistles, professional level sound, yet no XLR capabilities. The Shure MV7 was rated the best podcasting microphone by Rolling Stones in their 2021 Audio Awards. Great full professional sound quality, software applications, and firmware updates are available. Also, it has the capacity for USB and XLR plugins. I chose the Shure MV7. Lighting plays a crucial role in video podcasts. Therefore, if you want complete control over shaping the light, shoot video and images in a studio environment with a studio lighting kit. The idea is to start with one light and build up your lighting. The more lights you add, the more well-lit your image will be. There are five basic light positions. Key light, 
The key light in photography is the principal light source that defines the overall lighting, form, and mood of the composition. It is often supported by additional lights of lesser power or in strategic positions to improve the balance of contrast, shadow detail, and separation from the background. Number two is the field light. The field light is often used in conjunction with the key light. It assists in reducing contrast drama and helps to reveal details in the shadows. It improves the balance of an image by softening the harsh differences between the bright and shadowy areas of the photography. The lighting ratio between the key and fill is important to consider as the key light should always be brighter than the fill. A common ratio that produces a pleasing soft shadow on the darker side is two to one, where the key is twice as bright as the fill. Number three, kicker light. After the key and fill, the third light to consider using is the kicker, sometimes known as the separation light. This would be the next light to introduce to complete the classic three light setup. The kicker light can provide a useful boost to the edges of a subject. Number four, the hair light. The hair light in photography is a type of separation or kicker light that targets the hair and sometimes the shoulders, adding shine and revealing detail. It is usually placed above and behind the subject, but shouldn't cast extra shadows on the face. Fifth is the backdrop light. Backdrop light in photography is a separation light that points towards the background. It can be placed directly behind the subject or to one side. A two-point light setup is truly a good starting point because one light would serve as the key light and the second light can be used as a filler, background light, or rim light. However, three-point lighting is the industry standard with a key light, a backlight, and a fill light. Things to consider when choosing studio lighting. CRI is a measure of a light's ability to reveal accurate colors, hues, and skin tones. ADCRI is an acceptable color quality. 90 CRI is good color quality. 95 CRI is excellent professional color quality. White, white balance. You know that awful yellow, blue, green, or orange cast that makes an indoor image look funky and the people appear like aliens? That's termed color cast. 
Setting the camera's white balance to the correct color temperature or light source will avoid color cast. After acquiring one's podcast studio equipment, it's time to set up your podcast workstation. Step four, studio setup and design. One, choose the optimal space. Any room in one's house will do. However, choose a space that is minimally affected by external noise, like rooms that are on the opposite side of the street or rooms that don't share walls with common areas of your home. Believe it or not, many podcasters opt to record audio podcasts in their closets. These small places often are perfect to get clear audio without echoing. Two, after choosing the location for one's podcast studio, it's time to paint the walls. Most photography or video studio walls are painted white, black, or some shade of gray. White walls. The most popular choice I have seen for studio walls is white, especially for photographers. It is the brightest color that allows the most light to bounce around. So if you want extra light, go with white. Black walls. Black walls make it easy to be more dramatic, to have full control of your lighting, and to create a Rembrandt feel. Gray walls. Many studios prefer gray walls because they are more neutral. They don't block all light nor do they reflect the most light, making them a compromise between the white and black walls. A light gray, 20% black, is preferred by video editors. Green screen. If the majority of your projects include video special effects, one may choose to incorporate a green screen. A green screen allows video editors to replace the green with any background they would like in post-production. Note, some video editor applications can automatically replace any background color. Now that the background colors have been chosen, it's time to set up the podcast workstation. There are countless ways to set up one's podcast workstation. However, consider your studio size, your budget, and the mobility of your studio. I have the following setup. I used a computer desk mounted on wheels. 
My computer sits on the side shelf, and all of my accessories sit on the shelf below the desktop. There are two power strips of nine plugs and three USB charging ports. Attached to the computer is a six-arm mount where I've attached my Canon M50 camera, the computer screen, my second camera mount, and my Shure MV7 mic. I use two Manfrotto auto poles to free up floor space and to avoid kicking over tripods. Auto pole number one has attached to it one Gordox XL60W light. Auto, on auto pole number two, I have draped packing blankets and black fabric to minimize reverberation, to block out window noise and outdoor light. I use one tripod for my second Gordox XL60W light the fill light. After setting up your studio comes step number four, choosing your podcast software. When choosing the right podcast editing software, you'll first want to consider your skill level. Are you somewhat computer app savvy or are you in over your head? You don't want to start out with complex software that you don't know how to use. This will just overcomplicate things and take away from your show. Not to mention, you don't want to pay, overpay for features that you simply won't use. And remember, you can use a combination of applications to produce your content. One app could be used to create your audio, while another could be used to edit your video footage. Let's take a look at a few of the more popular podcast content apps. Anchor. Anchor, developed by Spotify, is devoted to providing users the easiest way to make podcasts. It's popular amongst new podcasters because it's a one-stop shop for podcasting. In Anchor, you can easily record, edit, distribute, and monetize podcasts on iPhone and Android. Anchor is a great way for beginners to test the water with podcasting before deciding whether or not to invest fully in it. With Anchor, you can import audio files from the built-in audio library, and it allows you to co-record with up to four guests. Excellent for interview podcasts. And 
and it allows one to add background tracks, sound effects, and transitions without switching to professional software. GarageBand. GarageBand is a fully featured music creation studio for Mac and iOS users. Excellent for creating background music, popular amongst indie musicians. With GarageBand, one can record and layer up to eight tracks of loops, instruments, and vocals to create original music soundtracks. GarageBand is a mobile digital audio workstation with high-quality sounds, interactive virtual instruments, and helpful tools for endless music creation. OBS Studio. OBS is a two-in-one free screen recorder and free video editing software. OBS allows you to work with multiple sources, mix between them, and create one seamless broadcast. You can also add any number of items to your stream or recording including a picture-in-picture -picture webcam shot, personalized watermarks, and more. I use OBS to record my podcast audio. Movavi Video Editor Plus. Movavi Video Editor Plus is refreshingly uncomplicated. Movavi app provides a wide range of multimedia programs to make sure you have fun with your videos, music, and photos on any platform and any device. I use Movavi to edit my video trailer footage and create professional artwork images. Step number five, record your podcast trailer. Some refer to the podcast trailer as episode zero. Regardless, your, po regardless, your podcast trailer is a 30-second to one-minute depiction of what to expect in your podcast. It could make you or break you. Therefore, include the following items in your trailer. Introduce yourself. Let people know what and who they're listening to. Provide a brief explanation of what your show is about. Share highlights. Display what your audience can expect from the show. Give clues of possible topics, tutorials, or future guests. Three, make them want more. Build some tension or curiosity in your podcast trailer. Four, give them a call to action. Make sure listeners know 
where they can find new episodes. And don't forget to mention they should subscribe. So that's it. Six steps to creating your podcast channel. One, develop a podcast concept. Two, choose a podcast format. Three, choose your podcast recording equipment. Four, set up your studio. Five, choose your podcast software. And six, record that first podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, please subscribe. And if you feel really grand, throw me a bone. Sponsor me on Patreon. Have a great day.